welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome to this meeting of Sex Hawks Anonymous. My name is Moshe from Phoenix, and I will be your facilitator for this session. I'm also joined by David from Portland. The name of this meeting is Powerlessness to Powerful, Step 11. Please take a moment to silence all electronic devices. If you need to use yours during this meeting, please take it outside. Please join me in a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mine be done. In the spirit of the twelfth tradition to carry the message, this meeting is being recorded. The recorder will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, please speak directly into the microphone so the listener can follow you. If you wish not to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. This meeting focus <coughs> sorry. This meeting focuses specifically on the twelve promises which are found on page eighty three in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We would now like to ask for a volunteer who could come up to the mic and read all of the twelve promises. Thanks. My name is Tony. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, the Twelve Promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. <clears throat> One, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Two, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Three, we will comprehend the word serenity. And four, we will know peace. Five, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Six, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Eight, self-seeking will slip away. Nine, our whole attitude on and outlook upon life will change. Ten, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Eleven, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Twelve, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, they will always materialize if we work for them. From the AA Big Book, page 83. Um, The facilitators will will now share their experience. I'm going to pass it off to David. My name is David. I am a sexaholic. And by the grace of God, my sobriety dates August 2nd, 1988. Um, <clears throat> I kept trying to get John to trade places with me because he said for 14 years, the man who started the tape, for 14 years he was active in the program, said, oh, yeah, I got, God and I are great friends. Um, and 
and he'd never meditated. And then he started meditating, and he said, my entire program changed, and I have a whole different level of relationship. And, and he said, I can't believe I was depriving myself of that all these years. So that was the opening of this session. Uh, it's not on the tape. I asked him to record it, and he wouldn't do it. Um, and I was happened to be, I work, so I read a, um, our literature. Uh, I don't read it every day as much as I used to. I used to read every, the same things every day. Not the same things, but I mean the same books. Um, and I have a rule that I'll just uh, pass on to you, that I never read more than two pages, and one page is better. Um, because the purpose of reading the literature, for me anyway, is to identify. And if I read more than two physical pages... I'm not going to identify. I'll be reading for content. It's a waste of my time and the books, quite frankly, not that the book cares. And um, if I read one page or two pages, I have a reasonable chance of identifying. So this morning, my two pages in the 12 and 12 were at the end of step two, and I thought, oh, that's the subject for this meeting. Um, because on page, uh, the background for uh, step 11 and prayer and meditation for me, uh, is uh, w what it's saying there on the last two pages of, of step two in the 12 and 12, that how difficult it was for me to, I, I, it's right here in front of me, but I won't. Oh, um, some will be willing to admit, I'll change the language, some will be willing to turn themselves problem lusters, but cannot endure the suggestion that they are mentally ill. And Accepting that I have a mental illness, I didn't sign up for it. It's not like I went up and when I was a four-year-old and entered into this disease, because I can track it from that age on, um, I didn't sign up to be mentally ill. It's just what I got. Uh, so what do I do about it is, is the real question. And, and the step two is so wonderfully clear of going through the things we tried, the things we wanted to do to try to get better, and, and none of them worked. Um, I was blessed with a pretty good memory, and which is still holding up moderately well. And so I, when I came in the fellowship, one of the things that really did help me is realizing I had tried everything that anybody could suggest to stop, and all of it had not worked for me. And so I, I knew there weren't many options left, and, and fortunately, SA was the option left that, that worked. The context of Step 11, uh, sought through prayer and meditation, uh, both of those are fundamental. And one of the things I've always liked in uh, Step 11 and the 12 and 12 is the sentence, those of us who have come to make regular use of prayer would no more do without it than we would refuse air, food, or sunshine, and for the same reason. And that has just been so um, essential for me um, to realize that this is not some pastiche added on to my life. It's as fundamental to me as um, air, food, and sunshine, and and I would add sleep, although I did pretty well last night. night. Um, and that it's intensely practical for that reason. Uh, just as food and, and all that is something just really basic, uh, so is um, um, prayer. And, and meditation for me is intentional uh, time for prayer and time to listen. I would like to walk through the uh, 11th step prayer, and this will take a few minutes, and then we'll switch over to Moshe. Um, because it's been important to me, it took me quite a while to memorize it, uh, most of the prayers are fairly straightforward. I finally realized there is a rhythm 
to the prayer and um, in terms of alphabet rhythm, I mean, and that's helped me. Uh, the other thing is there are many translations because it wasn't written in English, and I have read many over the years, and I've never found one that's as useful to me as the one that's in the 12 and 12, so that's the one I memorized on that. When, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace, and when I say that to myself, I had this image of uh, channels in me, one or more, uh, that are full of sludge, and it's mental sludge, it's emotional sludge, it's euphoric recall sludge, it's lust sludge, whatever, sludge is sludge. And every time I open that, and this, I really dwell on this phrase in the prayer, make me a channel of thy peace, I have this sense of uh, the sludge being moved along and often being dumped. Uh, I keep adding new sludge, but you know, if you've ever visited a sewer plant, this is nothing new. Um, I love sewer plants. And um, and and to move the sludge on is just essential to health. That where there is hatred, I may bring love. I've always liked the way the prayer sort of gets into the, big, the biggie right away um, to actually transform my hatred into love. That where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. Uh, Roy does a wonderful job in the white book of writing about step eight and a half. Uh, to keep um, the focus, I, I tell people that I sponsor mostly to remind myself that the formula for an amends is I was wrong and sorry, mistake, sad, you know, apologize. None of those words will do carry the heavy lifting that the word wrong does. Where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. I was talking with a guy on the phone this morning um, about how uh, attached we are to conflict and um, and how it was all rooted in fear and and that for me to let go of my right to cause discord and instead embrace harmony I like the remind I need the reminder that where there's error I may bring truth that where there's doubt I may bring faith both of those, um, as I've often said in other contexts, we all drift, we all make mistakes. My sponsor taught me to say, God, I made a mistake, help me not make that mistake again, and uh, and then move on, just keep going. Uh, where there's despair, I may bring hope. Uh, somebody was thanking me for being around for a long time in sobriety, and I said it was simply out of desperation, uh, and still is, that where there are shadows, I may bring light. And that's, uh, I think, what often is bringing things into the sunlight is an ongoing process, of course. That where there's sadness, I may bring joy. My contention is that sadness is how I make a genuine connection with another human being. And, and when I have that connection, I have that joy that comes from that connection. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. I have a rule uh, that I use for myself, my rule of 180, which is I figure out exactly what I want to do, and then if I do the opposite, it'll always be correct. So um, comfort than to be comforted, to understand, to be understood, to love than to be loved, it all is forget, uh, fitting in with my rule of 180. For it's by self-forgetting that one finds. You know, when I first came, you don't know, I'm going to tell you. When I first came in to this program, I was told that it's a program of ego deflation and depth. It turns out that was a gross understatement. 
and self-forgetting that one finds uh, has been one of the ongoing lessons, as well as the next. It's by forgiving that one is forgiven. And then I was not raised in one of the major religions uh, at all, and I was also raised as an atheist. Um, I let go of that as part of this recovery process, which for me has been great. And I always had trouble I, for many years with the last line. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. And I said it, but I would kind of grimace uh, for a long time because it's not how I was raised. And then one day I realized, wait a minute, David. What do you know that's eternal? Well, this moment, this present moment. As long as I'm alive, that's the only thing that's eternal, right this moment. So it's by dying that one awakens to eternal life could be letting go of the past, which I can't do anything about, letting go of my fantasies about the future, which I can't do or know anything about, and stay in the one eternal thing that I do know, which is right this second. And at this second, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Thanks, David. Uh, my name is Moshe. I'm a recovering sexaholic from Phoenix, sober since uh, May of 2013. It's so funny um, that I should be... Uh, speaking about this topic is that uh, probably a year ago I would have I wouldn't have had, had too much to say about it. Um, I went, you know, I went through the steps with my sponsor, and after step ten, I asked him, "Okay, you know, his name's Craig." I said, "Craig, what do I do about uh, step 11? And he says, "Well, I don't really like to tell my sponsees how that prayer or meditation looks. It's something you got to figure out on your own." I said, "Okay." And um, I remember actually the first time around, because I had relapsed a bunch of years ago, and I was working with a phone sponsor, and I said, coming from a religious um, background, I'm sure some people could identify, I said, oh, maybe like studying, you know, that's meditation. He's like, well, not really, but I never really went past that. And, you know, that went on for a couple of years. And then it's funny how this year, it was just amazing how God, you know, works. At the beginning of this year, I was, you know, thinking about, I'm like, you know, I pray, and a lot of times, maybe that was my form of meditation. I would take walks. I teach, so I get a you know a lunch break. I would take a walk and I would talk to God, just have some quiet. And I didn't realize at the time still how chaotic life was. And I called my sponsor. It kind of left the step eleven situation open. And um, I asked him, you know, it says you know in the big book about taking meditation in the morning. You know, and he I, he kind of was just like. I thought, you know, taking it lightly wasn't a big deal because I felt kind of, you know, a little guilty. Like, I'm not really meditating her. <laughs> Definitely not in the morning. And he says, you know, he's a big A guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's very important. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, you got to, you know, it's already after I'm sober a couple years. You really got to do that meditation in the morning. I'm like, okay. You know, I wasn't sure how to go about it. And then God comes again. And without getting into the details, I had some, like, really traumatic thing happen over the year. And it had a lot to do with the fact of, that my mind was still in chaos mode. And um, the therapist I was working through, here comes another message I got, is like, you got to do some meditation. I'm like, really? <laughs> that sounds uh, you know familiar. And she encouraged me to do um, these uh, mindfulness meditations and, you know, get an app. And she said, at the beginning, it's going to be a little hard. I wouldn't name for more than five minutes. And uh, you'll work your way up from there. But I'm like, really, really? And I remember the first couple of times... Um, it was very difficult. You know, I'm just sharing this because it might be helpful to the newcomer, but 
I was just jumping out of my skin. I mean, it was unbelievable. Was just, I mean, I'd been writing, you know, I'm doing step 10, writing my resentments, giving them up, trying to make amends, but I didn't realize how much was in there. That's so I was just like all over the place. And, um, and I mentioned it to my sponsor, what the therapist had said. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You know, you need to come down and not be like bouncing off the walls. And, and I'm like, okay. And I started, so the beginning was, it was hard, but after a week or two, um, I started enjoying it a little more. And, um, you know, the, the therapist recommended two apps and I was using them, but I wouldn't till, um, more recently, just amazing how God is manifesting himself. I want to realize like the topic of this meeting being going from powerlessness to being powerful. I'm like, okay, I see I'm more calm. That's nice. And, you know, that, that big thing we look for serenity and peace, but I don't know with the power. I mean, I, you know, I understood the concept. I'm giving my will up to God, but I, th- I thought that more of like the steps four through 10 type of thing. But what was amazing is, um, just share this. My, uh, my wife went back to school this year. She went back to graduate school. She wanted to become a therapist. And being, you know, I guess being married to an addict and having her own disease. So believe it or not, she has that thinking, I guess, of, you know, all or nothing, whatever it is. But she decided to do it full time. Now, to give you some background, I have six kids. My oldest is uh, 13. And I, of course, this is part of, I guess, where uh, meditation comes in. I, of course, I, you know, she'd been running the idea by me. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. I didn't think twice about it. And then it was after last summer. We come back last summer around these coasts. And she starts up. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I sign up for? This is, this is nuts. And it all fell on me. And, then, of course, my, you know, good old resentment comes up and we go to a counseling session. And the therapist's like, Moshe, these are great questions, but it probably would have been better to ask them <laughs> about three months ago. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm talking to my sponsor about it. We're talking about the anger that's coming up. And um, he's saying, yeah, that's that codependent anger. Like, I should have spoken up. He's, and he's very into, you know, very solution-based. And he's like, okay, so how are we going to – so the next time you're going to speak, speak up earlier, so you don't get into the situation of being resentful. I'm like, ah, okay. So then as the years going on, and, and you know, I'm managing, but it's very difficult. And, you know, my natural state is to suppress my feelings and to be a people-pleaser. And, you know, it came up a lot. One character defect of mine this year is like the fear of confrontation. I don't want to speak up. My wife was happy. She's managing. I mean, managing. She's getting through. She's getting good grades. And then as I'm, but what the, this is where the meditation, I think the powerful, you know, the power comes in is as I'm getting more comfortable with meditation, besides being just having more peace and serenity, you know, like David is mentioning and, and we're talking about, but I, I, I was more in touch with the feelings. I was just, I was unhappy. I was feeling very worn down. And I, you know, just learning the program, I know that if I'm always feeling worn down, it's I'm putting myself into a situation to be worn down. And um, I was speaking with my sponsor about it, and he's just, you know, he's going to write out it. He's like, why isn't she doing this part-time? I'm like, I don't know, because there's a part-time option. And I, you know, asked him, I was like, why don't we do this just part-time? We'll take it instead of being a two-year program be a three-year program and well no 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 she you know brush it off and whatever the reason she did that and he's like no i think you need to be doing this part-time you know your wife whatever you should bring it up and i knew it was going to be you know a rough topic because she really just wanted to finish it up and little did i was that part of the reason she wanted to do it in two years instead of three years is because she was planning on maybe having another kid afterwards which my sponsor told me no way <laughs> not happening but Anyways, but I, I had that conversation and it was absolutely terrifying for me, speaking up, being honest, saying I'm overwhelmed. And I can't say I did the best job of it, you know, like, you know, I had a, 
I guess you could say a debriefing afterwards with the therapist, and they're like, she's like, you're onto something. Your delivery wasn't the best one. The, um, but what kept me going and what keeps me going today, and what I think the power we talk about in the uh, meditation, not just a piece of serenity, is because I felt this is what God wanted me to do. It wasn't just about me. It came me, then it was down to me and her, and I was resentful on why you, you know, why are you going doing this so full time, and you know, you're just you're not you're not doing what you need to be doing. And instead, it wasn't about me; it wasn't about her. She is who she is. She's trying her best. I'm trying my best. But I think God wants to speak up because it's just too much, and that's huge for me because my natural state is just to keep on pleasing, but be resentful, you know. And then, you know, and then you know, in the old days, act out, and to actually take the you know, like that I did this year is to actually go before we sign up for the next year of having another crazy year and actually speaking up to have the power to do that. That that came about through working this. That's my sponsor specifically. Step eleven because I was just in touch. I was feeling and I just wasn't happy. I was worn down, and there was something that God wanted me to do about it because it wasn't just about me. It was, it was better for the whole family. You know, my kids need their mother present. I need a wife, and she needs. She needed that. She needed to hear how it was really affecting it. So, I mean, that's just my personal experience this year. And then, I mean, it's just amazing to come in. And then yesterday I was by the old-timers meeting, and they're busy talking about meditation, and Harvey's saying how he got that app, and he needs a guided meditation, because if he just has open time, you know what he's going to think about? I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because a couple of the guided meditations are like, let let the thoughts just flow freely, and sometimes that works out better, and sometimes I'm like, okay. But, you know, to let it go and... I'm really intended then to be involved in a meeting with this. It's uh, something a year ago would have been unimaginable for me. I could have talked about the other steps, but step 11, yeah, okay, you know, talk to God. Meditation, I don't know, whatever. I, I didn't, you know, have a way of describing that, but today, like, it really does make a difference, and it brings so much peace and serenity, and it brings power because it just, I don't know, now it's something I look forward to. It just, I feel, you know, peace. I feel God loving me, and I feel when I need to take action, you know, my sponsor's, you know, encouragement. I just feel that you know that love and power come. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're going to open it up now for people to share. Uh, here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. If you would like to share, please come up ahead of your turn and make a line by sitting in the assigned chairs up front. When it is your turn to share, please speak clearly so that everyone can hear you. In participation, we avoid topics that could lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and the 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another is getting inappropriately explicit or is focusing excessively on the problem rather than on the solution, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please remember that anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. The state of New Jersey has specific regulations and mandates specific behaviors to be reported. Please be mindful of what you share, not to break your own or another member's anonymity. Um, do we have how many minutes? Are we? Um, we have 25 minutes. So give it uh, three minutes apiece? Yeah, or? I'll have a three-minute timer. I'll give you a warning. <clears throat> okay, so whoever would like to share, please come up. I am Steve. I'm a sexaholic, powerless over lust, pornography, masturbation, fantasy, codependency, and wanting to be lusted after, sober since August of last year. Um, that's my standard kind of qualifying at my home groups. And when I heard this topic, I immediately thought of a reading in the white book where um, it's written, 
he's talking about his prayer, God, please take this away from me while piteously whining so I don't have to. And that that reading never struck me until I actually heard the audio version of the white book, which is narrated by Roy K. If you've if you've never listened to it, I I suggest you do because sometimes I've read that a, a lot, but it never impacted me until I heard him read it, and that's often the way it is when someone else reads something, it can have a profound impact on me, but. And this topic has been coming up for me with a, a sponsee talking about, you know, how he's powerless over these thoughts and everything. But being powerless does not mean I don't have choices. And that's what uh, meditation has done for me is created a, a self-awareness, a mindfulness of um, being aware of the choices that I have. So I don't have to, the, you know, the first thought is not my fault. But it's where I go after that that is my responsibility. And that is the, that's the powerful part is being aware of the choices, which has been, um, critical for my meditation. That's what meditation has brought for me. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Hi, my name is Derek and I'm a sexaholic from, uh, Cranford, New Jersey. And, um, I am currently working step four, and I'm happy to be working the steps. Uh, I've been in program since 2009, and uh, the first seven years I worked the two steps of Derek, which did not work. Um, those steps would be, I can do whatever I want, and I am God. Um, so I thought, hey, let me try this program of recovery and work the steps. Uh, I always thought, you know, that was great for other people, just like having a sponsor was great for other people, just like uh, making and taking phone calls was great for other people. When my therapist last September said, try meditation, I said, that's great for other people. Um, but I did. I, I started. And um, just like other shares have said, you know, that the first time was rough, uh, maybe three, four or five minutes at a time. Um I'm now up to about 15 or 20 minutes and, uh, silent meditation does not work, um, for me. Uh, I, I, and guided meditation sometimes does. Uh, I, I do loving kindness, uh, meditation, which, um, really plays against my defects of unlovability and, um, uh, feeling unworthy of, of another's love. And, uh, by telling me that I'm loving and I'm kind and I have a whole list of things that I am, it plays against my lust and it really um, helps me over overcome my defects for that day. And, um, you know, when I don't do it, uh, like when I don't do any other of the things in my program, I, I really suffer. Um, so, so it has helped me uh, a lot and not that I do it every day. Um, but it certainly helps to, to have in my, uh, arsenal of tools to, uh, combat lust. Um, I was raised a Protestant. Thank you. And, um, went to church every, every week and really had no relationship with God. And the funny thing is God was always there. And when I came back to, um, to God and actually converted to Catholicism, um, when I was 43, um, a few years ago, um, 
it, it, that also transformed my life. And, um, you know, that my higher power, the God of my understanding is, is, is Christian, but it, it helps me, uh, work my program and, um, doing spiritual Bible readings along with approved literature readings helped me. And, um, you know, allows me to become the person that God intended me to be. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Kathy. I'm a sexaholic. My sobriety date is January 7th, 1993. And um, thank you. Nervous. Anyway, um, I saw the title of this um, session and I said, "That, that sounds good. Sounds like a good thing for me. Um, here, let me get, yeah. I, um, uh, so my, my meditation is spotty. And I find that I really notice when I'm not meditating. Um, I have a feeling that, um, I'm managing things by myself. That's, um, and that's not a good thing for me because, the more I think that I'm managing things by myself in any area of my life, including my sobriety, um, the more lonely I feel, the more isolated I feel. And um, I, when I get back into daily meditation, which for me recently is, a, um, I have an app on my phone, uh, Hazelden app, that brings up the 24 hours a day for that day, or any day. And uh, I read that reading. I also have recently started reading Daily Reflections, which is an AA um, uh, you know book that I downloaded. Um, I attempt then, I set my timer to uh, concentrate on the concepts that I've just read. Um, I feel so unsuccessful a lot of times when I meditate. My mind is all over the place. Basically, it just... It's, I feel like higher power. Come on. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like it gives my mind a chance to go about everything that is going on in my life. But I have found that, um, there are many days when I will get one little phrase that comes into my mind. Thank you. And it might be, it's going to be okay. Or, um, everything is, uh, this re- uh, recently when I got, Everything is not your responsibility. Where did that come from? Um, not my own thought. And um, I do believe in a power greater than myself. And I know that I'm supposed to be sober and um, that I'm supposed to be giving service and passing along this program to other people. So I'm, um, I feel unsuccessful in my human attempts to meditate, but um, it's not all about me. You know, it's uh, my higher power working through me and appearing through me. And um, as I work with my sponsees, I feel that my power, power greater than myself is with me. In other words, that a power is given to me. So I go from powerlessness to having some power. Thank you very much. Thanks for your shares. Dave, sexaholic from San Antonio. Um, so (laughs) I may be weird, but I try not to get too cerebral about meditation. Um, I I don't like the, there are a lot of times now I find I just don't like to think. 
And, uh, and I, I love the idea that, and I, I meditate. I don't just do it in the morning. I do it whenever. Um, I could be sitting out there right now and meditating. Um, because, uh, I, I just, I just want to clear my head. I just, I just don't like thinking a lot of times, especially when things get really bad for me. Um, and I, and I love the, the 11th step prayer. I meditate on the 11th step prayer. It's very, for me, it's very melodic. You know, it's, there's, there's breathing that goes with it. You know, it's, if you, if you read it and, you know, it's, there's a, there's an intake and an exhale in, in that prayer. And, uh, and I like silence in my head. I can be in a crowded room and I can, I can get silence in my head because I just, you know, I just clear my head and I just don't want to think. And uh, about 20 years ago, my wife and I bought a cabin in the mountains in Colorado, and and, uh, every summer we go up there. And in fact, I I was just up there for the past month, and when I walked into the airport, it was just overwhelming, (laughs) you know, the the, the noise and the people. Um, It's very good to get away if you can uh, and and just walk. Walking is very meditating. Just taking a walk, uh, for me, even running when I go for a jog, it's 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 also meditating. But um, I meditate when uh, when I'm having a problem. Like recently, um, well, twenty years ago, my mom again, my mom died, and uh, my father was there, and and I moved away. Thank you. I moved away uh, from home as soon as I could. I couldn't wait to get the hell out of Dodge. And, uh, and never wanted to go back. And my brother was very resentful for me for doing that. And, uh, and then my father died two months ago and went back. And my brother was very angry at me, very resentful. And, uh, and in that moment, I, I meditated over that, that situation. And, uh, eventually what came from that meditation, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I meditate on the 11th step prayer. You know, how does it apply to the situation? Because it's very, the 11th step prayer for me is, is, uh, relieving myself of me. Uh, it's all about, you know, focusing on others and what I could do for others. And, uh, what came from that meditation in that situation with my brother and that resentment was I was able to finally reconcile with my brother. And, uh, and we're starting for the first time in our lives to build a relationship. And meditation is just, Sitting in silence for me and listening, and in just and the eleventh step prayer helps me listen. Thanks. Good morning. I'm Ken from the Chicago area. I'm a sexaholic. I uh, apologize for coming in late. As I was coming in, the very first word I heard was practical, and I thought, "Gee, I'm in the right place." This is a very practical step. Um, I start almost every day with prayer. Every once in a while I get up and I get going and I, and I haven't done my prayer and meditation. And I can always tell partway through the day that something's not right. And I can literally restart my day just by stopping, going back to prayer and meditation, and then going on. I I like the title of powerlessness versus uh, was it power versus powerlessness the powerful um, I don't think of it as the power to move I think of the power more as a foundation as opposed to sand 
Um, it provides power to me to be me, to stay sober. Uh, it's an anchor for me. So whatever happens to me during the day, um, I've got a foundation that I can get through the day. Um, and that's the kind of power I get through the, the meditation. I have to tell you, I was, everybody's afraid of step nine. I was afraid of step 11. Um, I don't need a computer. I have all this pornography stored in my brain. And if I don't have it stored, I can make it up and fantasize. And I thought to myself, how am I ever going to meditate? Because every time I sit down, I'm fantasizing. In fact, I would come home from work, sit in my recliner, tell my wife I was going to relax. And she didn't know it, but I was really sitting there acting out in my head. So how am I ever going to meditate? Um, and I grew up uh, Protestant, and, and we pretty much make up every prayer new. Uh, new. And I kind of looked down on ritual prayers. But I have found that I was wrong. It's happened to me a lot of times. And I, I memorized a lot of prayers. I memorized the prayers of the program. And when I can't clear my head, I start reciting memorized prayers. And that clears my head. So it's just something that worked for me. I put it out there. Um, hopefully, it'll work for you. I focus on gratitude when I do my Step 11 work, and I do it multiple times a day. I focus on my blessings, not on what I have, not what I don't have. And that sure helps keep me sober also. And finally, um, you know, the prior speaker talked about being aware of feelings. Um, God doesn't speak to me in words, but God does speak to me. Uh, he speaks to me by inserting thoughts directly into my head. And he speaks to me by inserting feelings, uh, feelings of gratitude or different. And in my program, I was so busy suppressing feelings because they were always so awful. But now in recovery, I can be aware of those feelings. And, and that's the way God speaks to me. So that's something I have to do uh, while I meditate. And uh, thank you. I'm Brian. I'm sexaholic. And... Um, this is a topic on eleventh step, and um, but I just was struck by the the eleventh uh, promise. I don't come from a tradition that numbers the promises; we just read them. But um, the eleventh promises, we will intuitively know how to handle things which used to baffle us. And and for me, one of the biggest benefits of meditation is intuition. Um, without practicing meditation, I have I had no intuition, and the other. The other benefit of meditation, um, and there's a lot of benefits, but the other one is we pause when agitated. I was unable to pause when agitated until I started my meditation practice. And so um, the other thing is is I've got this, you know, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, but God gave me a categorizing mind. And, and, um, and so I just share with you my categorizing of this. It says... Prayer and meditation. It doesn't say prayer slash meditation. There's a distinction. They're different things. And um, for me, prayer is anything that using, if there's words involved, it's prayer. Prayer is vocal, vocal prayer. And vocal doesn't mean out loud. Vocal means using words. So prayer is using words. Meditation is wordless. And there's two main categories of meditation. There's the imaginative 
which is that like the where you start with words like Lexio Divino or different things where you start with words, but then you move out the words trigger a feeling, an emotion, or a visual image, or you're somewhere. So there's a whole category of imaginative meditation. And then there's the concentrative. Um, you can concentrate on a sound. You can concentrate on you know music. You can concentrate on a visual. You can concentrate on a walking pattern, a mandala. You can concentrate on a lot of different things. And most of the mindfulness people and in, in a lot of the Buddhist practices really really recommend concentrating on breathing and that's the practice that i that i use so constant just if you can just think about that meditation is wordless and it's either concentrating or imagining i'm uh, michael i'm a grateful recovering sexaholic um great topic and i i love the the um from powerlessness to power, because um, that to me is the is the main issue in my addiction, and also the main solution for my recovery is about power. Uh, for me, I was uh, grew up feeling so incredibly powerless in so many different ways. One of the ways it physically manifests itself was I was a chronic bedwetter, and I you know. I think I was at a meeting yesterday. They talked about like you know try to exert willpower over you know diarrhea, and it was the same thing with bedwetting. I tried to exert willpower. I was I was shamed into you know that I was uh, drinking you know water until you know, and I would try to stop and I couldn't, and eventually I just said you know <laughs> I'll just sabotage it. But so there was that, and it wasn't until I I found lust and pornography and then later forms of acting out that I actually felt power, you know, and that I think more than anything else was the rush that I got that feeling of power, um, that I could control and manipulate this situation or this event. And I could, I could change the way I feel. And I could, I could feel good about myself and that sense of, of control and power. And of course the, the great irony is, is that from almost the very beginning, I was powerless over that, um, that it immediately had power over me. And I need a power greater than myself to, um, for every part of my life, but obviously with the addiction, because I don't have any power. Um, and I finding all these new areas, I, I keep on putting myself into situation. Thank you. Um, where I am being oppressed or feeling oppressed. Um, and I need that power, um, to be able to, to learn how to do things differently. And, uh, and it really does come through that, that conscious contact with God, um, as I understand him. And, um, I love all the different things been saying about meditation and about, you know, ways to access that. But I know that the solution is about finding a power greater than myself. Thanks for letting me share. Hello, I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic. Um, oh my God, pressure. No, I, I love practical tools. The 
thing that's helped me the most in 2017 was from my sponsor about prayer and meditation, and I too have a wandering mind. I like to imagine that I can sit there for 20 minutes and do it, but I cannot. Prayer also, I can start with a prayer and think I want whatever I think I want to pray about. But then what's helped me the most, though, is my sponsor has suggested for me to imagine that I'm going to sit in my higher power's lap and so we have this particularly large chair in my in my living room and in the morning I will ask God if I can sit in his lap and then I will actually hold the back of the chair as if I'm holding on and then to whisper my prayer out loud because if I if I just leave it in my head it just swirls around in a swirl but if I say the words out loud just in a whisper then it has to form and, and I can either tell if I'm making something up or if it sounds fairly legitimate, and I feel like God's heard me. Um, the other thing is I can do that either as a frightened 11-year-old boy, or if I'm having a mature 55-year-old grown-up business problem, I can move to the kitchen table, and then my I have three higher powers. We can sit around the table and discuss what we're we need to talk about with coffee and that helps that helps also and then from a practical standpoint i like to work out and swim and i've learned that if i swim a mile i have these certain laps that i dedicate to my higher powers and so we'll spend laps 15 through 18 on these certain prayers and we'll send and then it really keeps me focused and it invites god into my workout and if i'm at and, and I'm really, I mean this, it really helps me during the day and in the gym specifically. Like my higher powers help me lift. So if I'm at the squat rack, I can invite them in for a series. And so I'm getting both, I mean, I'm, I mean, it really helps me stay sober in the gym. So uh, there you have it. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. It said he was last. You're welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Just no. If you can keep it real short. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Sorry. Joe, recovering sexaholic. Um. <clears throat> What came to mind today was the, um, in terms of my meditation, is the, uh, how I try. I try, and boy, I really try hard <laughs> to meditate. And that's been the problem. So I have to remember it's, it's sought through meditation. And that's, that's so critical for me to remember. And as I'm doing this, my higher power reminds me, whenever I start to try in my meditation, <laughs> he smiles and says, okay, let's start again. Remember, I love you totally. All you have to do is to be. Just be. Because everything else for me is about my defenses, about trying to be something I'm not. So I have to remember that the real power only comes when I don't try. So thanks very much. Yeah, well, I want to say something about step eleven. Do you want to say anything about that? Oh, um, he'll do the closing paragraph in a minute. Uh, you know, God makes no mistakes. What a what a wonderful ending. Well, let's try again. <laughs> that was great. Uh, in the AA Big Book, um, step eleven begins on the bottom of eighty five, and um, and then continues uh, ends at eighty eight and. 86 is this page that, if you have not become familiar with it, I recommend it, that gives very specific instructions, line by line, do exactly what it says at night and in the morning, and then the next day, let's try it again, <laughs> you know. Um, and the last line, um, well, one of the, almost the last line of uh, that section on step 11 is, it works, it really does. 
And that's what brings me back to 12-step recovery, to the A big book and 12 and 12 over and over again. It works. It really does. Now, I have found and I can testify that it has never worked if I don't do it. Uh, so it works if I do it. And that's the other thing. The one other thing is at the end of step 11 and the 12 and 12, um, I hold on to this and it's been mentioned implicitly uh, over and over again this morning. Perhaps one of the greatest rewards of meditation and prayer is the sense of belonging that comes to us. When I came to my first meeting, they happened to read the uh, solution. And um, I was pretty raw, to put it mildly. All of us come in through the doorway of pain. And um, we got to those last words. We were making the real... <coughs> I get emotional. We were making the real connection. We were home. And I just started crying. I, I cried at my first meeting. And because I realized that I had felt I didn't have a home at least since age six, and I was 42 at that time. And that sense of belonging um, that I actually have a place and a purpose in this world has been one of the great benefits over and over again of Step 11 and of, uh, of experiencing that power being available and that love being available um, to all of us as well as to me. Did you want to? Thanks, David. Um, thanks for all the shares. In closing, anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are framed in our 12 steps and our 12 traditions. <clears throat> Remember that we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. The shares we have heard here were told in confidence. Please do not repeat what you have heard about another member to anyone who was not actually here at this meeting at the time that it was shared. Please, what we say here, when we leave here, let it stay here. Um, now it's time to close. So let's all stand up, and I will head out with the third step prayer. A moment of silence for the addict still suffering in and outside these rooms.
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.